we're discussing a large topic uh, here, nation states versus uh, EU institutions. Uh, I'm a member of the European Parliament. I've been a member since 2019, quite a tumultuous time, I, I must say. Uh, a lot of um, uh, personal experience in this uh, sense, and I'll, I'll mention a few, but uh, I thought to begin by uh, saying a few words about a statement made by Prime Minister Viktor Orban a few years ago, which has become probably the most um, quoted um, thing, or one of the most quoted things that he has ever said. It's his comment about illiberal democracy. Um, I think it's um, important to elaborate a bit on what he meant by it. He himself has uh, gone back to this topic from time to time, and much has been written and said about it, very often, obviously, with, um, with an attempt to uh, misinterpret uh, it and, and portray it as something against liberty. Uh, it is not, and that's why I think uh, partly why it's important to talk about this and begin by this, and, and this will lead us to our uh, topic and the, uh, and, the, and the question of nation states and how the European Union operates these days. In our view, and this is what he explained in, in later interviews, democracy does not need an adjective before it. Democracy means, and it should mean, and continue to mean, the power of the people, the power to the people through democratic uh, processes, but it should not be limited to any ideology. And this is exactly what's um, been happening with, with liberal uh, democracy. And let me uh, tell you what I mean by it. In, in our um, conviction, different types of government can grow out of a democratic system, and, and especially democratic and free elections, like Christian democracy or conservatism, uh, like social democracy and a decidedly left-wing uh, uh, polity, uh, as well as liberal democracy that puts the emphasis on, um, on freedom. And we are all acknowledge the importance of liberalism uh, of the 19th century and the early 20th century. And it's true that um, democracies have uh, incorporated many of the values of liberalism, but uh, we also see a different type of liberalism today. And those ones who call themselves liberals now very often have very little to do with um, liberty uh, and certainly the, the classic form of, of liberalism. I also want to mention here Patriotism and, um, or, or nationalism, that's uh, a term that's often used in the negative sense. Uh, but patriotism and the virtue of nationalism, like Yoram Hazoni has written about it, like Balaj Orban yesterday talked about it in his intervention, remain important. They are not limited to one or the other of the ideologies, but uh, we continue to believe that they are and they uh, will continue to be the, the framework, the context in which decisions are best made for a community if there is loyalty, if there's a common culture, common language, cultural identity shared, then patriotism, love of country, and love of nation, national contexts or frameworks remain important. Now, in Mr. Orban's uh, analysis, after the defeat of totalitarianism, in Europe at least, 1989-1990, uh, Liberalism and the liberal uh, uh, ideology has increasingly hijacked the notion of democracy, trying to say that the only real interpretation, the only real uh, democracy is liberal democracy. And by that, it immediately opposes uh, 
other uh, value systems, other ideologies like Christian democracy and the more traditionalist um, uh, worldview. Uh, now, if liberals focus their efforts entirely on equality, as they often do, uh, based, on, uh, uh, based on freedom, and they reject concepts like tradition, they reject concepts increasingly like uh, uh, traditional morality or Christian morality as it, uh, um, as, it, as it appears in political decisions and in the political arena, then they become um, easy to attack. And uh, in fact, they become unprotected against a continuous onslaught uh, by um, what I would actually call neo-Marxism. Um, this left-wing theory, or left-wing practice rather, that has become more and more aggressive and assertive over the few years. We see this very much here in Brussels, but we also see it in the United States and elsewhere. Um, these groups come up with newer and newer equality agendas. And if uh, democracy is limited to liberalism and equality, then there is no protection against these attacks. And that's, that's what's happening. And this is what we've seen when we have um, witnessed the uh, sort of LGBTIQ++, it never ends, uh, this kind of movement and how it has uh, incorporated itself into now every single uh, decision and discourse, at least here at the European level, it's like that. But we also see in America, wokeism or the cancel culture as results uh, of this weakness of the democratic system uh, and this denial of traditional values, uh, cultural heritage, um, and, um, and morality that is based in the Christian uh, tradition. And again, that should not be confused with um, going to church or having a, a religious life or not. That's an individual decision in our, uh, in our view, a personal one. But in terms of a moral system and an, and an overarching fundamental uh, set of values, uh, the Christian tradition and Christianity uh, remain uh, important. It is also a never-ending process, this uh, uh, corruption of, of democracy and liberty by uh, leftist radicals. So for conservatives and Christian Democrats who are by nature uh, very often not activist type of people, but uh, people who would like to conserve you know, values and have a nice life, etc. We must come out of our comfortable living rooms. Uh, we realized this in Hungary some time ago already, <coughs> and actively defend our values and point out where this new trend um, makes actually democracy vulnerable um, and, uh, and anti-democratic. Absurdly, today the situation is it's conservatives, it's Christian Democrats who have to defend liberty against liberals, against those people who like to call themselves liberals, but in reality, they are against freedom. They are against the freedom of thought. They are against uh, plurality of, uh, of views uh, in a number and an increasing number of, 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 of topics. <coughs> Coming to the point of EU institutions versus nation states, we see this kind of leftist agenda dominate the corridors here, especially in the European Parliament, but also uh, in many instances at the European Commission. Um, and parallel to their appearance comes anti-democratic and anti-freedom changes to how the system uh, works. And this is very clearly um, 
manifested in the, in the way how unelected bureaucrats, especially sitting in the European Commission, uh, people with no political legitimacy, uh, people who are not standing at elections and do not have the voters' direct support, increasingly they want to overwrite decisions made by democratic parliaments, national parliaments, decisions and topics that belong to the national level. Uh, it's one thing that we have uh, European treaties, but, they treat, but these treaties are increasingly not respected by uh, the Commission, which, uh, after uh, Jean-Claude Juncker, he was the first one to say this, um, has really operated as a political commission. Instead of being a guardian of treaty, which takes care of the management and the operation of, uh, of the European Union institutions, it's increasingly become a political actor. Um, and again, uh, very often nation states or member states seem um, let alone and, and, and defenseless. And that's why I think those governments that have stood up against this, this pressure and this new trend, um, in particular the Hungarian government led by Viktor Orban and the Polish government, um, they have been in the center of political attacks to the point of... <coughs> to the point of... Um, a political blackmail and the withholding of funds, which they still continue to do and threaten with, even during these days of war. Uh, yesterday I was three in the morning and then I had to go back to the parliament in the afternoon. I, uh, I uh, spoke at the debate about the European Council conclusions, and that, that's the point that I made there too, that it's, it was already unacceptable, this political blackmail before the war against these countries just because of ideological differences and, a, and, an, and an open um, uh, representation of traditional uh, Christian democratic values and policies. It was already acceptable before the war. But since the war, and since the fact that it's Poland and Hungary uh, who have now been um, welcoming uh, millions of refugees, uh, that these countries are still being blackmailed, that's outright scandalous. It's just unacceptable. And <clears throat> we need to get back to um, a democratic functioning of the European Union, which must be based on the respect of member state competences and existing treaties. Uh, and we must also point out how this uh, onslaught uh, about um, issues such as migration, for instance, such as uh, value-based debates like uh, marriage, like uh, uh, the raising of children. Hungary is in the, uh, in the middle of a, of, a, of a battle to defend children, for instance, from um, unwanted LGBTI propaganda at kindergartens and schools. We see that happen elsewhere, and we want to make sure it doesn't happen in Hungary. And that's just another area where we are, be we are being attacked. And of course, this also brings us to the question, but that will be, I think, for my colleagues perhaps to speak more about, of human rights. And are human rights endless? And who defines human rights? And how do these relate to political decisions, um, also at the European level, uh, when we have a strategy uh, by the European Commission in which they want to uh, categorically announce that, uh, for instance, marriage and the definition of marriage must now be done at European level and the member state governments, parliaments just have to accept whatever uh, directive comes from here, uh, this, and, and they refer to human rights, why they are doing this, then this legitimately brings up the question of how do you, do you, do you define human rights and where do they really end? There will always be 
um, a real existing or an imagined super minority coming up with a new agenda. And as I said, if democracy becomes unprotected against this onslaught uh, and it limits itself to, to this egalitarian uh, liberal democracy uh, concept, uh, then we're just going to see that uh, never, never end. So we must wake up to the, to the realities of, um, of this. Uh, again, democracy does not need an adjective, uh, and we need to protect freedom. And they, these are classical values for conservatives and Christian Democrats. I'm happy that we're here together. Uh, there's a lot to do, um, and I look forward to hearing from my colleagues and uh, later on from all of you. Thank you for your attention.